Hello everyone, welcome back to the Surviving the Suck podcast. You are listening to episode 8, and I am so beyond excited to introduce Kevin Hines to you on this episode. Kevin Hines, if anyone knows me, he is my mental health hero and inspiration, just truly a remarkable human being, and if it wasn't for him, I genuinely don't think I would be doing mental health advocacy work. His story changed my life and changed the way that I thought about suicide, talked about suicide, and even related in, in the sense of my own mental health. So he is truly an inspiration and I I can't say enough amazing things about him and I'm just so thrilled that he took the time out of his busy schedule to be on my podcast. He's just awesome. So I'm not going to give too much away, but before we get started, I do want to provide a trigger warning. This episode is going to contain some information on specifically suicide attempts, um, suicide ideation, depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety. So if you struggle with any of these things, please, please, please take care of yourself. Um, You know that the suicide hotline is always available, always ready for you if you need to talk to someone. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Don't be afraid to call if you need it during this episode. The topics can get pretty heavy. Um, but you know what? We're, we're just doing the best that we can here. And so more than thrilled to introduce to you, Kevin Hines. Can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Let me know what you think. And without further ado, here it is. Episode eight. Welcome back, everyone. To those of you surviving the suck, I hope that you're hanging in there because you are in for an amazing episode today. We have with us the Kevin Hines. And yes, I'm saying the Kevin Hines because if any of you follow The Gray Matters or you listen to the Surviving the Suck podcast or you've just ever heard me talk, you've probably heard about Kevin Hines because this man is my mental health hero. He has pulled me out of some really dark times just by his story alone. And I'm telling you, he has traveled the world, spoken to thousands of people, probably honestly millions at this point, who knows, but his story has saved so many people, including me. So having him on this podcast is so incredible, so amazing. He's a survivor. He's a storyteller. He is just a phenomenal human being. So everyone, I'm going to actually turn it over to Kevin and I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Kevin, why don't you tell everyone who listens to this podcast Who are you? What do you do? And why is mental health and suicide prevention important? Well, thank you for that kind introduction, Haley. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad my story has impacted you in your life. Um, I'm Kevin Hines. I was born in poverty. I was adopted by a beautiful family, given a beautiful life. Um, I, I live with bipolar disorder. And in living with that, I attempted to take my life in the year 2000 by way of jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, a way that is 98% fatal. Uh, 98% of those who do that never again get to tell their stories. And I I got to live somehow. Um, A sea lion came to my aid and saved my life in the water. The Coast Guard saved my life from there. And the doctor in the the hospital saved my life with a 10 and a half hour back surgery after that, after I shattered my vertebrae with it. into shards and missed severing my spinal cord that day by two millimeters. So needless to say, I'm very, very lucky and blessed to be alive and very thankful to be alive. And I live with regular thoughts of suicide. I live with uh, a severe mental illness, um, but I fight it tooth and nail every day. 
and I maintain that I'll never die that way. I'll never die with my hands. I'll always live out my life until my natural end uh, because that is my true destiny. And I'm just, you know, very grateful to exist. Um, and so today, uh, and, and se seven months after my attempt, I started speaking about my story. And today I travel the world. Well, pre-COVID, I traveled the world sharing my story to any upwards of 345 times a year, uh, which there's only 365 days in the year. So that, that's a lot. Uh, and and, and, and I, I travel and I, I share my story, hoping that it will help people find the light at the end of their tunnel and help them recognize that their, their, value, their, their life has value, their life has meaning, and that they're supposed to be here until their, their natural end. Wow. That is... And, and mental health awareness means the world to me yeah. because I've been... Uh, it means the world to me because I've been there. I've been through it. And if we, if we who've gone through it can inspire others to stay and change their lives, all the better. Yeah, amen to that. I 100% um, I agree with you, Kevin. I think, I mean, just hearing your story, not only is it um, amazing where you've been and where you've come, and, you know, I'm super grateful that you're here because, you know, I think about all the people that if they never would have heard your story, how many people wouldn't be here because just of who you are and, and what you've done. So you should, A, you should feel really, really proud of yourself for where you've been and where you are now. And, you know, B, also you should just know that it's also okay for you not to be okay. Right. Like I think sometimes as advocates, it's so hard to, it's just so hard because I feel like sometimes we have this pressure on us. I don't know if you ever feel this, but sometimes I feel this pressure that, you know, I have to be perfect, but you know, I also struggle with, you know, bipolar depression and um, I struggle with suicidal thoughts as well and anxiety. And so, you know, it, it's hard and we just have to take it day by day, but, um, I'm so grateful that you're here today. Your recovery is amazing. And, you know, you're someone who's been in the suck. So one of my questions that I've been thinking about is what, what has helped you in your recovery from, you know, the suicide attempt to where you are now? What, what are some things that have helped you along the way? I think the biggest thing is building a routine and a regimen that sticks. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, one size doesn't fit all, but there are some things you can do that are common sense tools that are evidence-based science-informed things that you can do to better your brain, mind, behavior, mental health, and well-being, mm -hmm. uh, and your physical health. And those things include exercise, eating healthily, educating yourself as to your diagnosis, those kinds of, those are just the three E's to name a few. Building coping strategies and coping mechanisms in your life that help you, art therapy, music therapy, sleep, uh, breathe, breathing therapy, light box therapy. I implement all these things into my daily routine and it helps me stay stable. Um, and so if you, if you, if you can, the, the, the really the best way for someone to tackle uh, a diagnosed mental illness is with routine and regimen um, because you, 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 you regulate your bodies and that regulates your mind. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's, it's extremely helpful. Um, and people can, people who want to learn my daily routine, you can go to youtube.com slash Kevin Hines. You can go to the playlist series, the art of wellness, that's series colon the art of wellness, or you can just search it on, on, uh, on YouTube, um, 12 videos, 10 steps, uh, to bettering your mental health today. 
And people are saying as far as Peru, Africa, China, and Japan, and beyond, that it is helping them tremendously and it is impacting their mental health in a huge way. And they're dramatically, they're seeing a dramatic shift in their brain health within six to nine months of following the program. Um, it's, it's, it's not, not to say it's a one size fits all, but it is something that is working for a lot of people. Um, and, and once you become disciplined in that work, once you put in the hard work for your mental health, you, you will see the, the outcome. Uh, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing is it, it's really hard to get someone who's mentally unstable to start that work because they're so unwell. But if you can meet them at a moment of levity, a moment of hope, you can get them to, to do the initial steps to, to better their life. And I think that that's, that's really where it's at. So I learned that in my third psych ward stay out of nine uh, in the last 14 years, I learned that uh, routine and regimen are the best ways to stop men mental illness in its tracks. I, I read that from a Time Magazine article my uncle brought me. It said how to, how to fight bipolar disorder, depression, and mental illness with routine and re regimen and win. Wow. And, and that article uh, really changed my life, changed my life forever. Wow. And that, that's when I put in the plan, put into action, building my own, my own routine. And I've, I've, I've utilized it on and off since then. There have been times I fell off my routine and guess what? Right back in the psych ward. Times I fell off my routine and right back into a, a depressive state. Um, and so I have to be very uh, um, forward moving with this plan and I have to utilize it every day. And if I fall off one piece of it, it affects me. So it's very important to, to utilize it to the best of my ability. Yeah, absolutely. I actually love that you brought up routine because in just some of the conversations that I've had, you know, through the gray matters with college <coughs> or even, you know, people who've struggled with addiction and are now in recovery. That's something that I feel like is always brought up in the conversations is the routine piece of it, how routine really helps people. And um, so it's beautiful that you're, you're doing that and you have a whole program set up. So, you know, like Kevin said, make sure to go to his YouTube, check it out. I'm definitely going to check that out. It sounds awesome. Um, it seems like it's helping a lot of people as well, because I think you're right. It, routine, it, it, it's a stabilizer for me. You know, I, I talk about my self-care routine in, in some conversations that I have with people. You know, every morning I wake up and I write down three things I'm grateful for. And I do the same thing before I go to bed at night. And I incorporate meditation. And you're right, Kevin, when, when I feel off or I miss a step in that day, I definitely find myself starting to slip again. And so that discipline piece of it is so important as well. Um, but I'm, I'm just so glad that you brought that up because you're, you're right. It, it takes hard work. You might be in the suck now and everything just feels like it's falling apart. But if you continue to work hard, you can get to a place to where you feel okay and you feel like there is hope and joy and, you know, you just got to hang in there. So anyone who's listening to, the, to this, Kevin Hines is living proof that you can go from literally the very bottom to not feeling like there's any chance to live, to coming out to the very top, to living a healthy and a happy life, um, which is pretty amazing, Kevin. You should, you should just feel awesome about that because um, I know you've given me a lot of hope. Just your story alone has showed me that I can come out of the suck and I can live a happy and healthy life too. So pretty amazing. Um, you know, and you mentioned that you travel the world pre-COVID, right? You were going and 
Uh, I know you, you've probably been to like every country at this point. It's, it's incredible. Um, but you know, what, what's something that you've learned from talking to probably, I would assume millions of people at this point and sharing your story. What, what's a lesson that you've kind of taken away from that experience? The biggest lesson I think I've taken away is that when you tell your story, people tell you theirs. Mm. And that's, it's, it's a gift really, because when they tell you their story, sometimes they're telling it to someone for the first time and they feel like they can finally open up to someone and be honest with their pain. Uh, and they're sharing that pain and the pain shared is a pain had. Mm. So really I just enjoy being there to support them in that moment and hearing their voices and, and uh, hearing their, hearing the, their, their strength when they came in down and they leave with hope. That's the best part. Oh yeah. I love that. I, that's something that, um, you know, we say at the gray matters. So every event that we had on our college campus, we had a student who would give a testimony and share their story. Cause I, I always think that's important. Exactly. Like you said, a pain shared is a pain have. So when other students would share their story, it was amazing to see the amount of people who would come up to that person afterwards and say, you know, I struggled with this too, or I, I know someone who struggles with this. And I think it just brings us together. And that, that brings us to my next question. You know, I'm someone that I believe that, you know, community heals. And especially I think right now we're, we're missing that piece. Um, I, I guess what advice do you have to anyone who maybe is, is struggling without the support of their friends and their family right now? Um, especially in a time where we feel so disconnected, what advice do you have for people who are maybe missing that community piece? I think you have to alternate your forms of connectedness. Mm. You have to utilize the tools we have that we've been given to form a new kind of connection. And that's Zoom calls, FaceTime calls, Facebook phone calls, video calls of any kind with your loved ones, engage with them, ask them questions, see how they're doing. Let them do the same to you and tell them the truth about what you're going through. Don't hide it anymore. Don't hold it in. Don't silence your pain. Your pain is valid. Your pain is worthy. Your pain matters because you do. So when you silence your pain, you're, you're, only, you're only destroying yourself. And so please find people to talk to in different ways. You know, And if you don't feel like you have someone in your, in your direct circle, text the crisis text line, CNQR to 741741, or call the National Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255, plus one for military. Please, you know, feel, don't, feel, don't feel that you are a burden to people. Reach out as much as you can and, and, and be bold enough to ask for help. You know, uh, I, I don't like telling people that they're not alone when, when, when people say, when people say, I feel so alone, and then someone says, you're not alone, mm -hmm. it's well-intentioned. It's well-intentioned. But that invalidates their feelings. Mm -hmm. I think it's more important to say, I know what it's like to feel alone. Let me help you and be with you in this moment and walk you to a better place. How can I help you? That's actually something that makes way more sense than just blankly saying you're not alone. Um, and it's just, it's a mistake that I made for years telling people the same thing. I would say, you're not alone. I'm right here. But really, it's, you have to let them know that you've been there 
so that you can let them know that it's possible to get away from there and into a better place. Mm. Gosh, that's such a good point. I, I love that you talked about, you know, saying you're not alone because I, I felt that in my own pain where I've, you know, I, I believe that you can be in a room filled with dozens of people and you can still feel like the loneliest person in the room. And sometimes it just depends on what's going yeah. on in your brain, what's going on in your heart. And to have someone just say to you right away, you know, you're, Hey, you're not alone. And you're right. It is, it, it's well-intentioned. Um, but it's, it's also, I almost think like the phrase when people say, you know, Oh, you, you will get better. And it's like, you know, things might not always get better, but they can. And, you know, let's get to a place to where we can be on that path to getting better. So it, sometimes it's just so tricky because people feel like they don't have the right words to use. And I always say, if you just care and you show up, and you be there for people when they're suffering. I sometimes, if that's the best you can do, then do it. Um, because you know, Kevin, I I've shared with you and when I was on your podcast actually, and we had that awesome conversation. You know, when I was in my darkest moment, a phone call saved my life. And that person didn't mm -hmm. say anything spectacular. It just was purely showing me that they cared about me and that they were there, and there was still hope. So, you know, Kevin, in in your darkest moments. Was there ever a moment for you, um, you know, whether it was, you know, going to the Golden Gate Bridge or in your recovery afterwards that you kind of realized maybe there is hope? What was that moment for you? You know, uh, the moment began when the Coast Guard picked me out of the water. Mm. You know, yeah. it was like, they said, kid, do you know what you just did? And I said, yeah, I just jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. And they said, why? And I said, I don't know. Mm. I thought I had to die today. And, and it was, there was no logical sense behind what I was doing. Wow. There was, no, <clears throat> there was no reason for my attempt besides mental instability. And, you know, uh, when, when they looked at me and said, do you know how many people we pull out of these waters that are already gone? I said, no, and I don't want to know. So they let me know that they pulled out 26 dead bodies that year and one live one, me. And I would later learn from one of the Coast Guard officers, Marcus Butler, that his, he, in his time, in his four years at the Golden Gate, he pulled out 50, 56 dead bodies and one live one, me. And so it gave, me, it gave me a great deal of perspective and helped me see how valued my life was. Yeah. And in that moment, in that moment, I knew that no matter the pain I would be in the future, I would never try that again. And I never will. I'll never again attempt to take my life so long as I should live. Wow. It won't happen. Wow. When I tell your story, Kevin, it's amazing to me the silence that comes across the room. I mean, I've shared pieces of your story with hundreds of people. Honestly, it might be over thousands at this point of people because it's so impactful. And I, I often talk about, you know, if you don't think you have purpose, look at Kevin Hines, because I, I share the, the piece of your story that really, really touches me is the sea lion. Yeah. That's the, the, the thing that gives me chills because I believe that that was God's way of showing and telling you in the world that you needed to share this story. Yeah. And 
I guess, you know, when you were on that, that TV show and the guy had called in and shared that with you, what was that like for you? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so, um, in the water, I, while I was, while, while I was in the water, I thought it was a shark. Yeah. Yeah. And I was freaking out. I was punching it, but it wouldn't go away. It circled faster and faster. And no longer was I waiting in the water. I was lying atop of being kept pointed by this creature. Wow. I, uh, you gotta be kidding me. I didn't have to go and get bridge and a shark's going to eat me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was freaking out. Well, I was on a TV show a year later promoting a suicide prevention campaign in San Francisco. And a man named Morgan McWhorter actually wrote into the show. He wrote an email into the show. Okay. ABC News. And he said, Kevin, I'm so very glad you're alive. I was standing less than two feet away from you when you jumped. Until this day, no one would tell me whether you lived or died. It's haunted me until now. By the way, Kevin, there was no shark like you mentioned on the show, but there was a sea lion. And the people above looking down believe you to be keeping your body afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind you. And with that, he sent in the email he sent to them, he sent pictures. And you can see in these pictures that as the pictures go on, the circling sea lion beneath me. And it's literally keeping me afloat. And it was amazing. Um, and, and since then, I've made a couple of YouTube lists of like people saved by animals kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the story's been told over and over again. Um, but it, it is a miraculous part of the story. This, this creature, not a human, a mammal, came to my aid in dire need and literally saved my life. Had it not been there, I would have drowned. Period. Man, that just gives me chills. That gives me chills. Um, I I feel, you know, in some senses, I feel very blessed to be alive as well. And, you know, I shared with you my story you know, the phone call for me was a friend of mine who was driving home, was praying and called me and said, Haley, God told me that I needed to call you right now. And sometimes it's amazing to me um, that these things happen in our world, but I am so blown away by the fact that you've experienced all of these things. And the sea lion has kind of become this symbol of hope I, I think for you, because I've seen some of the t-shirts. I think I have one of them, actually, the sea lion. Um, says, be here tomorrow. Yeah. And it, it's it's just phenomenal that you're here and that a sea lion literally kept your body. I, I mean, it just it blows <laughs> my mind. It, it's, it's just so incredible to me. I, I My mind is literally blown by this. Well, here, check this out. This, this is one of our new t-shirts. It's okay to talk. Oh. There, there, there's the sea lion right here. Oh. It says, be here tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. I love the the line be here tomorrow. What does that mean to you? Did that kind of come about? It, it came about, you know, I was I was at a speech and I just said it organically. Mm. I mean I've heard someone say it organically and then um I adopted it as as our, our slogan and um and our motto, be here tomorrow and every single day after that, no matter the pain you're in. That that's the idea is that that if you if you if you because so many people today have regular and chronic thoughts of suicide so yeah. how do you get them to continue well just twenty four hours just twenty four hours at a time yeah. year tomorrow and every day after that one day at a time and that that's how I look at it like if we can get people to do that they can survive until they're ninety five you know and die yeah. of natural causes you know. Yeah. And just, just, just keep on trucking. Keep on keeping on. Kevin, I love that because 
that was the only thing that made sense to me when I was going through all of my pain and when I was really in the depths of the suck. I had a friend of mine, um, his name's Kevin Atwood. He actually lost his son, Foster Atwood, to suicide three years ago. And I was sharing with him what I was going through. And that was the one thing that he said to me that stuck out was he said, Haley, quit thinking about months from now. Quit thinking about a year from now. Think about tomorrow. He's like, be here now. Get there. He, like, he literally used your quote and he was like, think about Kevin. Like, think about all these people who just are taking it a day at a time. And that's just what you got to do. Just one foot, one foot in front of the other. And that was the one thing that stuck with me. The, the one thing. And so to anyone who's listening, if, if you're, you know, if you're just having a really hard time because it is the holiday season, it, you know, it is seasonal. The people who suffer from seasonal affective disorder, this can be a really hard time. And if you're just struggling a lot right now, just take it one day at a time if you can. Just, you know, I always say, do everything you can with what you have and just take it one step at a time. Um, because like Kevin Schertz says, it's okay to talk. So, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And I love your background, by the way. On, we're on Zoom recording this and um, Kevin's background says, my brother's keeper. I love that because I feel like so many people in our society believe the opposite, that we aren't our brother and our sister's keepers. What, 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 I guess, what do you say to that? Do you believe that we have a responsibility to take care of the people around us? I, I feel that we are here for one reason and one reason alone, mm -hmm. to give back to those we know, those we love, those we don't know from Adam and those we don't even like. Mm -hmm. What we are not here to do is hurt each other with our words or our actions. We're here to give to those in need. Mm -hmm. That is our sole purpose. We are brothers and sisters and individuals keepers. We're not here for personal betterment or gain. That much I know. And if we can help people understand that, it'd be a much better world. I agree with you. There's this story that I tell um, through the Gray Matters Collective, and it's really stuck with people. And starfish has kind of become our symbol because of the story, but it's, it's basically about this old man who is walking along a beach and sees a little girl and she's throwing up a bunch, it seems to be rocks into the ocean. And as the old man gets closer, he realizes that there are thousands of starfish that are washed up along the shore. And the little girl is trying to pick up as many as she can and throw them back into the ocean before all of them die out on the shore. And the old man is puzzled by this. And he, he walks up to the little girl and basically says, little girl, why are you wasting your time? By the time, you know, the next tide comes, you know, they're all going to be dead and there's no way that you're going to make a dent in the population. There's no way you're going to make a difference. And the little girl picks up a starfish, throws it into the ocean in response and says, but I made a difference to that one. And that story has always stuck with me because I believe that if you can just make a difference to one more person, you've already changed someone's world. And when that person makes a difference to the next person, you know, just think about the ripple effect. You know, we talk about the ripple effect with your, with your movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, think about the positive ripple effect that that can have um, on so many people and, and how important it is to just try to be kind and, and make a difference to one person. Because, you know, I think about when you talk about being on the bus on the way to the Golden Gate and how no one 
had said a word to you? If, do you think if one person would have just asked you, are you okay? Do you think you would have said no? Had one person asked me if I was okay, was something wrong, could they help me? I would have told them everything and begged them to save me. Wow. That's wow. all I wanted. I made a pact with myself. One person says it as this, I will. One person says it as this, I won't die by suicide today. Wow. And nobody said anything. Um, you know, it was, uh, Gosh. they didn't see my pain. And, 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 and that's okay. I get it. Uh, I get that people are afraid of, of people struggling and fearful of their reaction. Uh, but I think we need to become a more compassionate society that when we see someone actively crying on a bus or at a bus stop or anywhere for that matter, we should say, hey, are you okay? How can I help you? And not walk away. Walk toward them. Um, let them know we care. Let them know they have value. Uh, let them know they matter. Gosh, that seriously gives me chills. I'm like tearing up over here because it's amazing to hear that from you. Um, you're right. You know, I, someone, I can't remember who it was, but someone the other day said, look people in the eye. You know, you're still wearing a mask today. So you, you can't really smile at people. You can try. Yeah. It's, it's hard, but look people in the eye, you know, ask people, how are you really doing? And especially right now in, in these weird times and just seems like so many people are struggling. Um, look, see people, hear people, try to understand them. But most importantly, I always say love them. Um, and so I, I love that, you know, you're, you're talking about just showing people that they care and that you do matter. You do have worth. Every single human being has worth on this planet just by existing. But sometimes it's hard to remember that. So pretty beautiful um you know and like i mentioned there are a lot of people who are in the suck right now and are struggling and as we're wrapping things up kevin what advice or guidance do you have for anyone who's listening to this podcast and is hanging on by a thread and just really really struggling what would you tell them i would tell them to not let their pain defeat them instead let it build you brick by brick from the ground up to the strongest person you can possibly be Recognize that you're going to have pain, but you don't have to suffer. Pain is inevitable. It's coming for all of us if it hasn't already. But suffering is optional. It's a choice. We're given this narrative by our clinicians that we're suffering with the diagnosis. We adopt that narrative. We utilize it. We say it's what we do. We are sufferers. When we do that, we make ourselves the victims of our own story. If we say instead that we thrive despite of the pain, if we say instead that we battle the disease or we live with the disease, then we are in control of the pain. And we can't let it defeat us, but we can be grateful inside of it so we can be resilient because of it. And so instead of, instead of saying you're suffering, say that you're living with, battling, or surviving the pain. Um, because you don't have to be the victim of your own story. You can be the hero of it. And, and you, can, you can fight on, and you can stay here, and you can survive anything that comes your way. And that's how I live my life. I used to say that I was suffering from bipolar disorder. I used to write about it, blog about it, blog about it. I used to say it all the time. And then I had this epiphany. Um, I, a year and a half ago, I developed secondary burns from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head throughout my entire body because of the medication I was on. And I was on the tipping point of what's called the Stevens, Stevens Johnson syndrome, which is when your inside, insides boil outside of you. 
It was the single most pain I'd ever been in in my life. For 30 weeks, 24 hours a day, it felt like knives and needles were coming from my bones through my skin across my entire body. Wow. It was awful. And every day I wanted to die. But every day I fought on. And I realized in that moment that I would never let this any, any pain, physical or otherwise, defeat me. And I realized that I've never suffered a day in my life. I've probably been in pain since the day I was born. But I never suffered a day in my life. And in realizing that, I became the hero of my own story, and I, I will never allow suicidal ideations to take me. Mm-hmm. Somebody tells you Kevin Hines died by suicide, you open an all-out investigation because it was a murder. All right? Yeah. So to all of you watching right now and listening and hearing these words, okay, you do matter. Yes, you might think it's cliche. You do matter. You are valued. You are loved. You are important. And suicide never has to be the solution to your problem because it is the problem. Fight on to be here tomorrow and every damn day after that. Wow. Wow, you got me tearing up over here. It's pretty amazing. Thank you for that, Kevin. Beautiful, beautiful words. And exactly like Kevin just said, you know what? Mental illness or life's unforeseen circumstances or whatever it is that you're dealing with, you know, life can hit, but you hit back and that makes you a warrior. And um, you're right, Kevin, it's, it's a battle. And I'm so grateful that you battle on every day because it's stories like today that make a difference to so many people. And I want you to know that you've made a difference to me today. I know you're going to make a difference to so many people who are listening to this. So thank you, Kevin, for, for being on today. Is there anything else that you want to share before we go? You know, Haley, I just want to say thank you because you're doing a lot of great work too and I really appreciate it. And it's great to be in good company with people that are doing great things. So keep on keeping on. Keep doing what you're doing. Never stop because you're making a big wave. Thank you. Yeah, and you know what? It's the, it's the positive ripple effect. You know, there's, there's still going to be people who are struggling, but it's, it's the people like you and I, the people who are listening to this podcast, the people who are trying to make a difference. Um, and sometimes... Just trying to make a difference just means surviving. And if that's yeah. all you can do, continue to march on. Um, we're Haley and Kevin, and we're here to tell you that you matter, you're important, and just keep surviving because you'll get to a place to where you're thriving eventually. But if that's all you can do right now, survive the suck. We're here for you. We love you. And as always, at the end of every podcast, I say this, but if you are struggling, do not be afraid to call the suicide hotline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. You don't have to be suicidal to call. It's free. It's confidential. It's available 24-7. I've called it plenty of times. It has saved my life. Um, and you know, I always say a phone call saved my life. So if, if you need to call and talk to someone, that number is available. And you can also text, um, is it CNQR, right? Yeah. yeah. CNQR to 741741 and a representative will be available to you. So um, everyone out there, hang in there. We're rooting for you. Kevin, thanks so much for being on today. We appreciate you. Of course. And we're going to do this. The suck has nothing on you. You got this. Bye, everyone. Bye.